This is Radiance Tape Number JD24, a message by Jim Durkin, entitled, Talking to Your Soul. Now, seventh chapter of the book of Matthew, and this will be the 24th verse. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and I repeat to you again, so you get this principle down in your life, there are many Christians in the world today that have fallen into, this is what creates churchyism, or churchianity, as we often call it that. But we have to understand what it is. Churchianity is not going to church. Churchianity is not merely meeting in a fine building. Churchianity is an attitude of the heart and the mind which merely hears the Word and even believes it. Now, if you can understand it, it hears the Word and can even go so far as to say, right, I believe that. People have said, I believe this book from generations to revolutions, or I mean Genesis to Revelation. I believe this book. Not what we believe. Not what we believe. But what we do, what? What's the word? What we practice. That's what makes this book work. That's what makes it real. All right, now. So Jesus is talking here. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Now, remember, the doing was the important thing. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. See? The rock was the what? Now, careful lest you make a mistake. No. No. The rock was the what? No. The rock was the doing of the word. See, now the other man, let's get this here. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not. Now the whole thing turned upon what then? Either the doing or the not doing. Or he said the man that heard him, see both men heard him. One man heard him and he did it, he said he's founded on a rock. One man heard it and didn't do it, says he's founded upon the sand. So it was the doing of him that made the difference. This is a book of practice. It's of no value to you to memorize it, to know it, to pour over it, to say, isn't it a wonderful book? It's the most glorious book I've ever read. I love this book. I read this book. I study this book. I pray over this book. I weep over this book. All of that's good. Or on the other hand, all of it's no good unless you do it. They do it. All right. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now, I've been talking to you for two, three, four weeks on training your soul. I pray that already you are doing what I taught you to do. Your soul needs to be trained. It's a jungle chimpanzee, untrained absolutely undisciplined, uncontrolled. And the Bible speaks in many places of the soul without knowledge. Foolish soul, ignorant soul, stupid soul, dumb soul. Now, who's got a stupid soul? Who's got a foolish soul? Who's got an ignorant soul? Well, I can tell you everyone without Jesus Christ has. And right after we're born, our spirits know something. Our soul still doesn't know anything. Doesn't know anything. So what does it do? It tells us sometimes after we're saved two or three days, what does our soul tell us? Soul tells us we're not saved. I don't feel saved. I don't, I don't, I, 
instead of them now being liberated and saying to their soul, soul, this is what you are now going to do. This is what you now like. This is what you will say. This is how you will respond. See, the soul is referred to in the Bible as an it. We have made it the all of us. You understand what I'm saying now? You've got to differentiate in your mind between you, you spiritual being, and your soul. Now, let's go back to Adam. The Bible says God formed this man out of the dust of the earth. All right? Is he alive? No. No life at all. And God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. But that word is pneuma, or the nephesh of the Old Testament, meaning God put into him spirit. Now, spirit acting upon flesh, and the Bible says, and man became a living soul. Man became a living soul. So now here we have spirit, the real man. The Bible says, who knoweth the things of a man? Say what? The spirit of man that is within him. That's the deep part of the man. That was the part that God, the rational, true part of man, that God intended that should be totally combined with the spirit of God. And the spirit of God and the spirit of man being one would rule over the soul and the soul would express God in this world. The soul is meant to be an instrument of expression. The intellect is an instrument of expression, just as my hands are a marvelous instrument of expression. I can, with a gesture, say words. For instance, a person says something to you, and you say, I don't know. See, now you can also, meaning, I don't know. I can turn it around the other way, and a person says something to me, I say, same thing almost, but oh, not the same thing. I said a whole world of different things. My hands are an instrument of expression. I can lay them on a person tenderly, or just by changing the grip a little bit, the person realizes more firmly, or just a tiny bit more like this and a little quickly, and I've changed the whole import of what I, I haven't said a word. My hands are an instrument of expression. They express my soul. Now, if my soul has run amok and rules me, it may get me into trouble. My soul controls my tongue. It ought not to. My spirit ought to control my tongue. But as a person with an untrained soul, I'm not referring to myself now. By the grace of God, I tried to learn to be swift to hear and slow to speak. But I'm saying the untrained person. The soul merely reacts to its environment. So somebody comes up to you and says, I don't like you. I don't like you either. I hate you. I hate you. See? Now that's the soul reacting. Now, the man with a trained soul, someone comes up and says, I hate you. The person will stop and say, Brother, I love you. Why do you hate me? I hate you because you're a Jesus freak. That's why I hate you. Well, now, you don't really hate me. You see, it's kind of the Lord in me that you hate. But you know the truth? Not only do I love you, but Jesus loves you. Don't tell me that stuff, but I have to tell you because it's in my heart to tell Now, the next thing, sometimes you find this very person who wants you to get mad. He just, oh, if you would go up and say, you hate me, I hate you, you have, I'm going to do this. He'd say, ah, I know where you are, Christian. I know where you are. When you stand there calmly, you start telling about the Lord, and the Lord loves him, and this, he's yelling at you. And I got a enjoyment out of Peter's testimony today, Peter Corey's testimony on the TV. He said someone walked by him in a supermarket when he was unsaved. He was on his big religious trip that he was on. And somebody walked by and said, 
Jesus loves you. And says, hate, come out of his eyes. Oh, hate, 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 hate. See, like this. The person went on by, and pretty soon he gets all shook up. <laughs> and here's the person going down the street, and he runs down it. Hey, wait, come back here. I want to talk to you. Come back here. I want to talk to you. See? Now I'm talking to you about the difference between the person whose soul is under control and the one who has no control over his soul at all. See? No control. All right. Now, let's draw some lines here. There is a difference between the spirit and the soul. The spirit of the man is the thing who understands the things of a man and that part of man which contacts God. It is the man. But in the unsaved condition, the spirit of man being cut off from the life which is in God has become weakened, and the soul rises up, tyrannically breaks out of its bonds, and instead of becoming a good servant, becomes a terrible master, and our intellect and our emotions rule over us. When a man becomes saved, his spirit becomes strong, and for the first time, if he's taught right, can begin to get his soul in perspective and under control and to do the thing that it ought to do. Now, the soul is referred to in the Bible not as a he, but as an it. I have a soul. All right. Now, turn with me, please, to 1 Samuel 18, verse 1. And we'll read verse 1 through 3, and then we'll read chapter 20, verse 17. 1 Samuel 18, verse 1. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking to Saul. Now, this is David who was speaking to Saul. You read the last chapter, you'll get it. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Now, please notice the Bible is talking about Jonathan loved him like he loved his own soul. See, the soul is something I possess. The soul is something you possess. And it's possible for my soul to be knit to your soul. And in truth, what the Lord has done, and that's why we're of one heart and one soul. Isn't that what the Bible says? Talked about those early Christians. They were of one heart and they were of one soul. Their souls were knit together even as their hearts were. Now, I have known Christians that were knit together in the spirit, but their souls were not knit together. So they'd make passes at each other and war with each other and poke at each other and so forth. And yet, deep in the spirit, they knew they loved each other. But oh, what a beautiful thing it is when not only do we know in the spirit we love each other, but we do with our souls. They're so trained that they're knit one to another, and the world can see we're of one heart and one soul. Then the Bible fulfills itself when it says of that particular thing, by this shall all men know you are my disciples, because of what? Because you love one another. See? All right. And it came to pass when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Now turn to chapter 20. Same thing repeated. And Jonathan caused David to swear again because he loved him for he loved him as his own soul. Now, we're going to take some verses of Scripture here, and we're going to go through it and see how either the person is referring to his soul as a separate entity, or he's talking to his soul or commanding his soul to do something. You see, many times your soul does not do what it ought to do. You get up in the morning, 
and you don't feel like praising the Lord. And many times you let your soul get away with that little stunt. Your soul gets up in the morning, says, today I don't feel so good. And you let your soul get away with that. You say, okay, soul, you can go ahead feeling bad all day today. I understand you're just a poor little soul and you don't know too much, so that's okay. You make a great mistake and I make a great mistake when we let our soul get away with such foolishness as that. We've got to start training it and training it right now and keep on it day and night until that becomes a vital living reality in our experience that our soul and our spirit agree with what? Our soul and our spirit agree with what? The Word of God. Now, your spirit has very little trouble agreeing with the Word of God if you've been converted. The part of you that has trouble agreeing with the Word of God is this untrained jungle chimpanzee that for 10, 15, 20, 30 years, 40 years has been just literally doing anything it wanted to do when it wanted to do it and demanding that it gets everything. I want a new car. I want a new house. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. And if it doesn't get it, it's, ooh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a headache. I'll give you pains in your stomach. I'll wreck your back. I'll do You give me that or you're going to get a headache now. So you're going to, oh, all right, all right. Here, I got it. You ever had that experience? Let me show you something with your soul. Here's the soul. I'm going to fast today. All right? I'm not going to eat breakfast. So I want some breakfast. No, we're going to fast today. Oh, boy. Give my headache. And pretty soon, oh, my head, my head. Oh, what do I do? Uh, every time I fast, I get a headache. Brother, I better eat something. Ha, uh, ha. Uh, soul says, ah. Turn off the headache. That's no, fine, fine. Now, today, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get on my knees, and I'm going to pray for an hour. Get on your knees. Soul says, I don't like kneeling here like this. I want to go walk along the point. I want to go to the beach. I want to go to Patrick's Point Park. I want to go talk to my girl. I want to talk to the boy. I want to talk to this. I want to do this. I no, you're going to stay here on your knees. Oh, your back begins to hurt. And your knees are going to hurt. And your eyes are hurt. You're getting all restless. You feel that? Okay, okay. We'll get up and we'll walk. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That. Now, that's the experience. Have any of you ever had an experience like this? Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. That's your soul. Your spirit is saying, Today, Lord, I'm going to pray all day long. Soul said, No, you're not. We're going to take right off here. See, and here we go. See. Now, start training your soul. I see you're the right people to talk to. Hallelujah. I can tell it. All right. Let's turn to Psalms 19. I want to show you something about Psalms 19. You may have just been looking right over it. Start with verse 7, the song we sing. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the what? The soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple what? That's right. Making wise the simple soul, the soul without knowledge. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. Now, that's a different word altogether. The heart refers to the innermost part of man. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Now, what are the eyes? What are they hooked up to? They're hooked up to the soul. The soul sees. The soul feels. The soul lusts. The soul talks. 
Now, it can be when you're in the right location with God that it won't be that way at all, out of the abundance of the heart, way down deep inside. And that's a different word again. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. See? All right. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Hallelujah. Now, turn with me to Psalm 42. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Now notice he's talking of his soul as something separate. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my meat day and night, while they continually say unto me, Where is thy God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. See, my soul in me. Not my soul who is me. My soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept holy days. Now notice he turns around now and he starts to do something. He says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Now he's questioning him. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Now he changes and starts talking to God. He's talking to his soul and he's talking to God. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy ways and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of thy countenance and my God. Now here, what is disturbed within it? Obviously a part of him is saying, What about God? What's a part of him saying about God? Huh? Isn't a part of him saying, I believe in God, I know that God is real, I know that his salvation will come, I know this, I know that, I know this. But what's wrong with it? Yet he's crying, tears are gushing out of his eyes, he's upset, and finally he turns around after making these statements to God, and he says to what? He says to his soul, look. Why are you disquieted within me? Why are you cast down, O my soul? For I'm going to yet see his salvation and his glory. In other words, come on, soul, get with it. They begin to praise and to worship the Lord because it's going to be all right. But his soul is used to what? What does the soul of man want? What does it aim after? That's right, earthly comforts. When the enemy is bearing down on the soul, says, Oh, I don't want to get the spirit stuck in my side here. Oh, I don't want to lose my meals. Oh, I don't want to lose my job. Oh, I don't want to lose my status. Oh, I've always been trained to. I, I, 
faith, that's the soul. Now, many times we have to take firm hold of ourselves and say, listen, soul, listen, you get yourself still before God, and you begin to worship the Lord. Now, let me give you another scripture that points this out exactly. Let's turn to Psalm 116, verse 7. Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. Now, what is he reminding his soul of? What is David's soul obviously doing here? What's it doing? It's all disturbed. Oh, this, that, the other thing. And he's saying, return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. Psalm 62. Psalm 62, verse 5. My soul. Now, he's given a command to it here. My soul. Wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Now, here's a command to his soul. Turn with me to the 103rd Psalm. Now, here's David giving a command to his soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Now drop down, please, to verse 22. And again he repeats his command, Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Look at Psalms 104, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, thou art very great. Thou art clothed with honor and majesty. Now here's two repetitions of this same thing, showing this constant repetition. Now turn to Psalm 131. Verse 1. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor mine eyes lofty, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Now here he's talking about saying to his soul what? Now learn to do this. Saying to his soul what? Be quiet. Have you ever been, after a day's activity is over, you couldn't go to sleep? Now your spirit was resting in the Lord. You were saying deep in your spirit, you were saying, I know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I know that. And did you know it? Yes, you did. Yes, you knew it of a certainty. And yet, you were disturbed. What was disturbed? What was, see, your soul was disturbed. And you need to do just exactly what David did. What does a mother do when a child is suddenly acting up? You know, a child, ah, 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 ah. what does she do? If the child is truly hungry, she feeds it, and then what? Be quiet now. Be quiet. Go on to sleep. Go on. Quiet. Quiet. That's a baby. That's it. You need to do the same thing with your own soul. Don't let it get away from you. Train your soul. Teach your soul. Talk to your soul until you gain the mastery over it. Because if you do it, you have the power to gain that mastery. All right. Let's turn now, please, to Psalm 54, 4. 
See, many of these men of the Bible, that's why we have to go back to the Word of God for whatever truth we have. And if we go to modern-day psychology books and look up for truth there, you are not going to find truth in a psychology book. You're going to find truth in the Word of God, and that's the only place you're going to find truth. Psalm 54, 4. Behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. Now, let me see what uphold my soul is. Sometimes, when the going gets real rough, and I have to confess to you that this is true, although as a whole I, I hold a pretty steady line toward no matter whatever goes wrong, I don't get too excited anymore. But once in a while, I still get kind of downcast. That's my soul. And I say to my soul, come on, get with it, soul. We're going to make it through all right. But it still kind of stays downcast. You know, just can't quite, either my energies are low or I've been, you know, bombarded. And I'm just getting tired. And I say, oh, man. You know, Lord, I know it's worth it, and I know I'm going to stay with you, Lord, and I'm not going to cop out on what you told me to do, but Lord, I'm kind of tired. I'm just kind of tired, Lord, and I'm, you know, we're not really saying, Lord, you forsook me. Oh, no, nothing like that. We've got that kind of mastery. We're not condemning the Lord or blaming the Lord, or like it said about Job. You remember, in all of his torment, he said he'd never sinned with his lips. But you can be sure that thoughts were going through his mind, and his soul was going up and down, and he's trying to quiet it. And here these miserable comforters came to him, and they were telling brother the reason why you sinned, and you did this, and you did that, and you're no good, and you're a hypocrite, and all other kinds of poking at him, you know. And pretty soon he, he's kind of getting tired. Then his wife comes to him, she says, why don't you curse God and die? You're the most miserable-looking guy I ever saw, or words uh, to this effect. And he said, woman, you talk like a... So he's getting it from every side. He's saying to his soul, be calm, but kind of getting depressed, too. Kind of getting a little little downcast. Now, the Bible says the Lord is with them that uphold my soul. All right, now let's take a look at another case. Joshua's out in the battle fighting out there. I think he's fighting the Amalekites. And the Bible says that Moses went out there and he held up his rod toward the Amalekites. And whenever he held up his rod toward the Amalekites, then Joshua prevailed against him. But when Moses' arm grew weary so that he lowered his arm and got too tired, then the enemy prevailed against Joshua. So the Bible says that Aaron and Hur got a rock, set Moses upon it, and lifted up his arm so they held a rod, and Joshua prevailed against the enemy. Now you see what these people really did, not only held up Moses' arm, that was just a mechanical thing. What they really did is came to Moses and upheld his soul. They said, Moses, we're with you. We know you're a man of God. Hold up that rod. We believe. See, the Lord is with all them that uphold my soul. And so as we band together and hold together and encourage each other and strengthen each other, I see your soul cast down occasionally. See? I know you're not backsliding. I know you're not losing out with God. But I know your soul is cast down. And isn't it a good thing once in a while for another person to walk up and put their arm around you? Say, praise the Lord, brother. Let's take a walk together. Let's talk a while. Let's see. And your soul says, ah. Ever had that experience? Oh, yes, hallelujah. What a glorious... We need each other. I tell you, I need you. Can't get along without you. Oh, I could exist without you. If I landed on a desert island and I was the only guy there, somehow I'd hold on to God. But, oh, it wouldn't be near as much fun as just coming together in a meeting like this and seeing all my brothers and sisters and talking back. See that? The Lord is with all them that uphold my soul. See? So I talk to my soul and I tell it what it needs to know. Now... I could go through many other scriptures, and if you'd like them, I'd like to give you some of these. But let's turn to Psalm 63, verse 1. And here's some affirmations about the soul now. In other words, 
David is making a good confession about his soul. Psalm 63, verse 1. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Verse 5. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Verse 8. My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. Now, one that you may be interested in is found in Psalms 69, verse 10. Now, by the way, if you look at verse 9, you'll recognize a scripture. The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Who used that scripture? Jesus did, right. All right, so look at verse 9 along with verse 10. The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. The reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me when I wept and chastened my soul with what? Fasting. All right, now please notice here, the Bible says the soul can be satisfied with food and the soul is humbled in one place with what? Fasting. And another place it says it's chastened with fasting. Do you ever need to give your soul a spanking? Well, I've had to give mine a spanking on occasion. Sometimes I've had to give it a good bawling out. Have you ever done anything like that? Or have you? Or do you baby your soul? Don't baby it. It needs to be trained. Love it, but do what it has to be done to train it aright. Teach it what it needs to know. Now, most of us are absolute... How can I use the word? We're absolute babies when it comes to getting hurt. We're absolute babies when it comes to making sacrifice. We're absolute babies when it comes to giving up what we really want. Now, in your spirit, the minute you really are converted to God, you're willing to give up any and everything, and nothing means anything to you at all. But tell me, and I, I pointed this out to nearly everyone that has been used of God on this work that we've done among you young people. Practically everyone that is today out in the work or in the work of God or getting ready in the work of God has come to a point in time at the ranch. And many times in particular with me. And this is a necessary thing that many people must go through. And I'm not inviting this to happen. And yet I know for the most part it does happen. That at some point, your soul, you keep training it, you teach it, you talk to it, you warn it, you instruct it, you do this, you do that. And it's getting along real, real fine. And then at some point, it makes one last mighty rebellion. Tell me, have you ever felt like that way? This place is ridiculous. Ooh, look at that food. Look at this room. Look, at, look, 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 look. Have you ever had? Have you ever experienced that? Or am I the only guy that's experienced that? And then at some point, Maybe you're just, you've got your bags packed, and here you go. And you're halfway down the road, and you're standing there. So, get yourself back there. Oh, okay. And you got victory. And from then on, when things go bad, you say, Hallelujah, that's right, soul. Get to praising the Lord. Here is a bowl of oatmeal. Oatmeal? Oatmeal! You like it, remember? Right, I like it! Yes, oh, oh, I do, I do! It's even got raisins in it, right? Right, right! Oh, wonderful! Ah. 
Can I have oatmeal again for noon? Well, maybe. I'll see if I'll give you that. Go, oh, how wonderful. Anything? Any? Have you ever had that experience? How many of you like oatmeal? <laughs> Cooked on the ranch is wonderful oatmeal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, what should you tell your soul? Yeah. I want to tell you some of the things you should tell your soul. Number one, you should tell your soul that is to pray without ceasing. Make sure it does. Say, get on, pray, come on. You are to tell your soul to rejoice in tribulation and to rejoice evermore. You are to tell your soul that all things work together for good, so therefore only good things can happen to the soul. Including oatmeal with no raisins. I don't know why I'm picking that out. Yeah, I do too. Who remembers what brought that on? But there was something at the ranch. We had oatmeal for several days in a row. And the money was very, very tight. There was very little money. And we were feeding a whole lot of people on an extremely low budget. And we were, man, making up all kinds of dishes, you know. The women and the men were putting their very best into it to make the finest dishes they could. But when you only have a few things, you know, it's like having a piano that only two notes work, you know. And you're trying to play a tune on two notes. So you go, do, 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 do. You just can't get much of a tune, and they just couldn't get the greatest meals in the world out of those few things they had to work with. But they did a marvelous job with it, and pretty soon we were getting all kinds of things were going wrong on the ranch. Uh, kind of like a dysentery was happening, and people had stomach aches and headaches, and then a whole lot of other hysterical things were going on. Finally, oatmeal. One day we had, in the ranch, they said, they got just an oatmeal, oatmeal, we don't want oatmeal, no more oatmeal, no more oatmeal. Anyway, like a kind of, it was real funny. So we called a, a meeting together, and I instructed some of those souls out there at that time about the proper attitude to take toward oatmeal. <laughs> and we all got the victory over the oatmeal, praise the Lord. So some of you newer ones that are just at the ranch, I, I want you to know that we serve oatmeal with a good purpose in mind. Not only is it filling and nutritious, but sooner or later, it'll give you a good opportunity to train your soul in righteousness. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. Tell your soul that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Pray without ceasing. Instruct the soul as to who it is, that we are sons of the living God, that we have been redeemed, that we are saved, that we're on our way to an eternity with God, and it should praise God at all times. Instruct your soul to delight itself in the Word. Tell it that it loves to read the Word. Tell it that it delights itself in God. Tell it that it delights itself in truth. That it delights itself in Jesus. That it delights itself in the Spirit. Tell it that it gives thanks in everything. Tell it to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. To let that word be much upon your lips. Tell it to love everyone, including its enemies. Tell it that it's to be humble. Tell it to be quiet. Tell it to be swift to hear and slow to speak. Tell it to be generous. Tell it to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. Tell it to be a good servant and express the intention of the Spirit. Tell it to make proper confessions at all times. Tell it to bless and curse not. Tell it to be patient. Tell it to believe. And tell it to hope always. Hallelujah. Now, have you got enough to do with your soul? Praise the Lord. Now, if that isn't enough, i got a whole lot more to tell it. But if you get busy and tell it those things, then I'll tell you, you're going to see a whole change in the whole outlook and the whole manifestation of your life. Hallelujah. What kind of confession should you make? 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We're instructing our soul, right? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who filleth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed as the eagles. Amen? Turn with me to Psalms 103rd. Let's get our soul a little bit stirred up here. Hallelujah. Now remember, this is not just something you read, it's something you do. Hallelujah. Will you stand with me? Do it together. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Now let's stop. Let's stop for a minute. Did you tell your soul that? That wasn't just words you were reading, was it? Was that an instruction to your soul? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Well, let's instruct our soul. What are some of these benefits? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, I'm glad I told my soul that. Hallelujah. I tell my soul that several times a day. Sometimes it does forget it. Sometimes it says, I've got a stomach ache today and I think I've got a disease. Wait a minute, Psalms 103rd. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Soul, did you forget that? I guess I did. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. You don't forget it now, do you? No, no, I remember it now. Well, then start praising the Lord because you're healed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that I'm healed. Amen? See, it depends on what you do with your confession. Now, your soul will try to get you to do what with your confession? What will your soul try to get you to do? Confess a stomachache. Oh, I have a stomachache. Bless the Lord. Oh, I can't. I can't. Bless the Lord. Oh, it hurts too much. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And do it now. Ooh. Well, all right. Hallelujah, Lord. I'm healed. Ooh. Ooh. Do it some more. Oh, Lord, it hurts. Don't look. Peter De Palma, where are you? What happened to you the other day? About the headache trip. Now come here, tell the folks what happened. Hallelujah. You had a headache, right? Yes. That was your soul that was aching. That's right. Amen. All right. right. Now what happened? What did your soul want? I find he wanted food. He wanted food, though. I was trying to fast, and I was going through a lot of things, and finally realized the truth, and that it's just the soulish nature. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Hallelujah. I am healed. I am me, spiritual creature. Hallelujah. I am total and complete. I don't have a headache. I don't have a broken arm. I don't. I'm. I'm total. I'm complete. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And what happened? Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Hallelujah. His headache went away. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, what I'm telling you folks, 
if you think this is silly, try it for 30 days. You'll never think it's silly again. Hallelujah. You start instructing your soul. Now, could I ask a question? Since we gave this lesson last week, how many of you started to practice what I'm talking about? Have you begun? How many have not? Now, I'll be honest. How many have not yet started to practice what I told you? Could I see your hand, too? Oh, you guys are missing something. You guys are missing something. I just tell you something. If it means anything to you at all, now, there was a brother here last week, and I asked him, how many thought I was crazy? And this brother raised his hand. He said, I think you are, you know. But most of you don't think I'm crazy. You might think I'm a little lightheaded at times, but you don't really think I'm crazy. Really, I'm a pretty well-balanced person. I, I really am. And the Lord has done it. I'm not bragging. It's just, it's just I know it to be a truism. I don't get upset easy. I don't blow out easy. Things don't disturb me. Pretty well-balanced. Now, you know how it's all come about? The Lord's guidance is showing me this great truth and me talking to my soul and telling it what I want it to do. Now, soul, here's what you're going to do, because the Word of God says it. Soul, you do this. Soul, you do that. Soul, you do this. And in the truth of it, now, if you don't mind being thought a little silly by people, see, that's why I'm confessing this openly. Some of you might not be courageous enough to do this yet, because you haven't developed it. I don't care attitude that I have. I want to do it right according to the Word of God. Now, I talk to myself quite a bit of the time. And sometimes when the going is a little rough, like in the office or, or I've got a sermon to minister, you ever notice me go outside and start walking around the block? Ever notice that? Quite often I do. You look outside there sometime right before I'm supposed to preach and you don't see me in the church, you see me walking around the block. Now, you know what I'm doing? Sometimes I'm praying, but not often. I pray at all times. But you know what I'm really doing when I'm walking around the block? I'm instructing my soul. Now, soul, you are not feeling the way you need to feel to get in there and preach the kind of message that needs to be preached to those people. Now, I want you to get yourself in line. I want you to express what's in my spirit, and I want you to be a good servant. Now, get with it. We're going to have to preach in a few minutes and get off of this kick that you're on. And I have to do that quite often. I walk around the block and tell my soul, now, get with it, soul. Get with it. Get with it. And then when I come in, I walk up there, and sometimes I give it one final warning. Now, I'm telling you, you do what you're supposed to do. Now, would you say most of the time my soul does when I preach what it's supposed to do? Amen. It expresses what's in my spirit. Now, some of you folks have not yet set your soul free to express yourself. Have you noticed? When you get up here to express yourself, you get up before the people and suddenly what happens? You go, and then you say, now, folks, I want you to know that I'm saved and I'm a Christian and I really feel the Lord's here today and he's really blessing us. And, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now, that's because your soul's not free. Now, I want you to set your soul free. Tell it it is for you. Tell it it is for you. Close your eyes with me now and say, soul, you've been set free by Jesus. Hallelujah. You don't have anything to be afraid of anymore. You don't have to be afraid of men's opinions. You don't have to be afraid of men's ideas. You don't have to be afraid of men's condemnation. You just live to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And live to express Jesus. And live to do His will. Hallelujah. That's all you have to worry about. And God will take care of the rest. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah commit this service and all that's taking place in it into your hands, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that this word now becomes a practice living reality in our lives. Hallelujah.
and we begin going through the Word of God for that which is true and instructing our soul in truth. Hallelujah. Until our soul is as knowledgeable about the Word as our spirit is, Lord. That which we know by the revelation of the Holy Spirit in our spirits, Lord, we instruct our souls until it knows it. Until our soul becomes a good servant of ourselves, Lord, and is able to express what's in our spirits. Hallelujah. Now, Lord, bless us together, we pray, for we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.